You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward, and we are one week closer to the Ontario Hockey League playoffs. We're hovering around that sweet spot of what? 11 to 14 games left to go in the OHL regular season. So, yeah, you know, the exciting part continues. And again, we have another jam packed show for you this week. Of course, kick things off with our. Thoughts overall in the past week, the past weekend, a few more teams clinching their spots in the OHL playoffs. So we'll get to that. Uh, Of course, player goaltender of the week is a weekly fix on this show. Um, And then we kind of did it at the Christmas break, the unofficial midway point of the season about, you know, who's going to score 50 or who's going to get 100 points. Well, we're going to revisit that and our late season predictions on that because I'm Pretty sure they have changed a little bit or quite a yeah. bit. Um, and we'll also get to the over under for wins for certain teams as well. And we could even look at it in the Western Conference, maybe you know, with that tight race. How many wins does that last playoff team have to have in order to make the playoffs? I think that'd be a fun. I'm excited for that. Yeah, well. I'm excited for that. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll take a second look at if the playoffs started today. Uh, who we'd be looking at is that's a cool feature that WHL has been doing consistently for mm-hmm. well, a couple of weeks now. I really like that. So we'll, we'll touch on that. And then all well, the power rankings and not a whole lot changed. <laughs> if really anything, but we'll, we'll touch I still on disagree that, with so. it though. To be honest, I still disagree yeah, with it. I'm, I'm with you as well. And, you know, I think we got past, why we think Sault Ste. Marie shouldn't be number one and continues to probably um, why we think they still shouldn't be number one. Uh, I can see why the league did it though, because they've won three straight games, but the same time it's like, yeah. And then I think we also look at, uh, you know, around the seven to four area as well. And you're trying to, And you're trying to tell me that a team that has had like what 29 points in the last 30 games in the London Knights isn't the best team in the Ontario Hockey League? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wow. Eight points up, right? Yeah. On a, it's like, we know who the best team is in the Ontario Hockey League. Yes. Yes. I would have to agree with that. Um, I so, won't indulge so- in my comments from last week. <laughs> I won't indulge in it, but I, I got some response to it. I got some response to it, which I like. Yeah, there um, you go. That'd be. Yeah, I like their response. It was positive response about you were right about that about London. We're right about having London won. Yeah, and uh, thank you. Appreciate the support. Yeah, shout fight out. the good fight, Reese. <laughs> what we're here for, Wardy. Um, yeah. All right, let's start with the players of the week. Um, let's get that honor um, to kick off the show. We'll start with goaltender of the week and. We're going to go to London. Michael Simpson, a couple of victories for him. Goals against average of one, right on the dot. Save percentage at 956. Uh, And he was phenomenal. As I mentioned, he was 2-0 this past weekend. London Knights continue well to roll. 43 saves for for Simpson this week, weekend. 25 of 27 against the Spitfires in a 7-2 victory. And then an 18-save shutout on uh, on Saturday against the Kingston Frontenacs. That was a 5 nothing final. Uh, also in consideration for the award, Colin McKenzie of the Ottawa 67s. 
who stopped 60 shots, uh, had a record of 1-0-0-1. That also included a shutout, I should add. Goals against average 1.44 and a save percentage of 952. Head to the player of the week and just up to 401. Kitchener Rangers' Carson Rakoff is the OHL player of the week. He recorded four goals, five assists for nine points. As the Kitchener Rangers had a less than ideal end to the weekend, but uh, still an above 500 weekend for the Rangers. So uh, Rakoff, of course, well-deserved for this award. Um, also in consideration, uh, Linus Hemstrom from the Kingston Frontenacs. Same amount of points, four goals, five assists, nine points in four games. That included a hat trick uh, on Sunday. And then as well, David Goyette of the Sudbury Wolves. He had seven points, four goals, and three assists as the Wolves were two and one this past weekend. Uh, to the headlines, and this is one that, that's really cool that I want to get to here to start off, Wardy, and it, it has to do with the Peterborough Peets and, and their next-gen game. Yeah, that was and, pretty cool. You know, they've raised over $20,000 for five counties children's center, so that's, uh, that's a pretty cool accomplishment for the Peterborough Peets, and this is, you know, in collaboration, of course, uh, with Tim Hortons and the five counties children's center, um, they held it this year on the 19th, so family day, of course. That's a nice nice day to hold that event on. And $21,341 to support kids' treatment services at Five Counties Children's Center. So that's pretty cool. And congratulations to the Peets on that total. Absolutely. Um, that's great for the league. That's great. Good for the community award. Um, I think that's a big thing that needs to be publicized. I think the league needs a good community award to showcase the teams that are in the community the most in the year. I mean, or honestly, a community like a team of the week. Like you know how we do like a player of the week or a goalie of the week. Mm. We gotta do a team of the week in the community because I think that's something that goes a long way. And I think that's like the bread and butter of this league. You have to be in the community. You have to give back. And shout out to the Pete's. That's huge. And they're such an iconic organization, right? Like they're so big in the Peterborough area, and rightly so. And that's nice to see them give back, especially after their run last year, right? Where you know the following's there. Obviously, ninth place right now in the conference, but the following's there after winning, and to be able to give back like that's huge. And um, share to the Pete's. I'm glad you mentioned that, Reese. Yeah. Uh, Also on the headlines this week, uh, all the (laughs) the records continue, milestones continue. Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll head to Mississauga. Luke Misa, two assists on Sunday to give him 53 on the season, and he has set the new single-season club record uh, for most assists. So he passes Riley Brace's 52 assists, set back in 2012-2013. So uh, congratulations to to Luke Misa. Um, you know, huge part of where the Steelheads are right now, kind of the start they had and how they continue to, yeah. to chug along, keep themselves in the in the mix around the middle of the Eastern Conference. So, and again, it just it continues. It seems like this is what week number three or four in a row that we're we're talking about a milestone and a record that's been hit. So, um, really? on this occasion, yeah, congratulations to Luke Misa. It's that time of the year, and I wonder if there's going to be a record for the most record breaking records. <laughs> gotta be a eh? yeah. There's got to be a record for that. Um, I think, I mean, Hey, that's a show record for the most records in the season that we've talked about. So yeah, that's clutch. But yeah, so, show it to yeah, no, that's cool. Um, and then one more for me before we kind of hit on the games here, um, 
you know, the final of three games to be showcased on the NHL network goes on Wednesday. And it's probably the biggest one out of all three of them. The Oshawa generals visit the London Knights for the only time this season uh, with puck drop going at seven o'clock. Of course, Rogers can catch both radio feeds as well, uh, as well in the States NHL network. So, so that's pretty cool. And I mean, couldn't be a better matchup uh, with the generals and Knights on a Wednesday. Perfect matchup. It's the best one by far, in my opinion. I think for, I think it's going to be the best game by far as well. I think these two teams are playing good hockey. I think they're two dangerous clubs. Uh, if you sleep on one another, they can dominate you. So yeah. I think the attention to detail is going to be big in this game. It's going to be exciting, right, to watch this game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Colin, what are what are some of the headlines you wanted to hit on this week? Yeah, we speak of records. Easton Cowan breaks the night's record for uh, his point streak. He did it on saturday in kingston i believe saturday in mm-hmm. kingston uh broke sergey kostitsin's record um long-standing record but uh congrats to easton cowan um great hockey player and he's going to be a guy that could make the leafs next year out of camp um if he doesn't get traded because it sounds like the Leafs are going to trade for every single person on the market i was going to say sounds like he's up for grabs in a noah hannafin trade yeah yeah well they need everybody or virtually right? anybody trade to be completely honest with you yeah it's like going to the grocery store with a dollar nowadays you get nothing um, but uh, that's their picks. <laughs> that's a good way to picks. put it. That's their picks, and also another record. Ryan Brubrick, Brubrick finally he breaks the Ice Dogs' uh, goal record. Um, what a year he's having! The just the play that Robrick, what he brings to the table. Um, he's been great, and um, it's nice to see him uh, have success here in uh, his rookie season. My. Oh, then I got another one as well. So I saw Ethan uh, Belchett's play today, and I know, or last week, Reese, and I know we saw him in person. We won't say the venue, we won't say any of that. Um, prospect in this year's in this year's OHL draft, he has eighty four points in thirty four games this year. And we talk about Niagara, right? He's six four two oh nine, Reese, and we saw the size, the big band. And we talked about Niagara. Obviously, for Niagara, I'm all in on the D train. I think they have to get a defenseman after not being able to keep Dickinson. I think like yes. they need a defenseman. I think when you look at that team, they're not going to win until they get defense. Yep. But if they drafted Bell Chats, if they get the commit, they have to put him on the side with Ryan Robrick. That would be a, such a dangerous duo for years, for at least two seasons, probably yeah. three. To have a guy like Belchatz who has 84 points in 34 games to have those guys together. So I want to mention that as we're on the rubric topic because there's the perfect duo that Niagara could use that they kind of need. It's the only exception I would give to Niagara if they drafted a guy like that with a huge up total in points, good size, plays with strength, wins puck battles. That's mm-hmm. what the Ice Dogs need. But their biggest needs defense. I think they can get that up elsewhere in the seconds, thirds, and et cetera rounds. But your first round pick, if you have a chance to get a guy like that, you have to do it and you have to do your due diligence. You have to recruit well and you have to get them to commit. But if they can do that, if they can pull that off. I watch him play and I'm thinking, man, with Robrick, that'd be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. And, and you know, they do have a nice complement of young talent up front. You think of, of Robrick, of course, Ethan Zada, um, who started to, come on as the season has really gone on really a tough yeah. slow start for him, but it, it has gotten better as the season has gone on. Absolutely. Um, you know, Kevin, he obviously there as well draft eligible this year, going, going through year number two for him. So yeah, you know what? I, I agree with that in the sense that you match him up with Robrick. Like you said, you've That's got offensive size. success for, you know, 
like two to three years, but mm-hmm. you know, it, at the same time, that's where you could also look at, is it better to build on the D because we already have those three solid players mm-hmm. and you know, you want to score as much as possible. Totally understand that Niagara Absolutely. can, you know, has easily had issues scoring over the last, well, two, three, well, four yeah. seasons, really, you could say dating back to the 1920 abbreviated season, but you know, it, it kind of takes you back to to think about the, you know, the draft that was 2020, where the rookies didn't play their their rookie yeah. season. But you know, you look at it where and, and Ty Nelson was taken first overall, so the Ice Dogs didn't have a have a pick in that. But um, you know, you take Panofemus second, and you know, you kind of look at it, and a team that was loaded um, for the Junior Canadians really you start to think about it and you're like, okay, who's a, an impactful player on their team right now? Ty Nelson, obviously slam yeah. dunk, not even close. Uh, Pano Femis, I mean, he's put helped Erie get into at least a position to make the playoffs. Um, yeah. So that's something to look at. Right. So, and, and those are the two I really look at because you look at it. Yeah. North Bay went with the defenseman. It's worked out much better and who knows what would happen if Femis was taken, but you could also look at it that way as in recent memory, you know, taking the defenseman has worked out for certain teams. Do we look That's at it. that? Um, so it's, it's, it's tough. And, and honestly, I think for, for the ice dogs in the front office, there's, yeah, you've got to spend every single minute possible making this decision. Got to wine and dine them because, well, and that's the thing, like do you, and I'll ask you this Colin and, it might not be the reason the ice dogs get into the playoffs or miss the playoffs next year. There's a lot of time in between that and now, yeah. but if they, you know, if they miss, if they hit or miss on this season, do you think um, they make the playoffs based on this pick and getting something, someone to commit early in this year? Like that's a big ask. Like your veterans gotta be able to get you into the playoffs. Yeah, but I think for maybe two, three years down the road, could be looking at this draft and seeing if they made the right choice or not. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's funny, right? When you look at the four teams in the that are in the playoff spot right now in the OHL, Reese, Windsor, Sarnia, Niagara, Peterborough. One of those teams haven't been good in a long time. That's the Ice Dogs. Yeah. Peterborough wins the championship last year. Windsor goes for it last year. Gets upset in the first round of the Kitchener Rangers. Wow, I remember that. And then the Sarnia Sting, also conference final, they went on a run last year. Yeah. Niagara's the only team, right, that's kind of in it. So you kind of have to show – you kind of really have to sell yourselves, and you really have to sell the plan, and you have to – convince. it's a lot of convincing. It's an uphill battle. You know, you're running in quicksand on that one, right? And, like, that's why we saw that in the past, but – this year's draft, it's a start, right? You get Zada. Zada, when you see the Twitter heroes of the world on social media and you see, oh, why is Zada going there? Why is that's a stretch, right? Yeah, but Niagara needed to commit. Getting Zada's points and getting a player who wants to be there is better than a person that doesn't want to be there. Duh, Captain Obvious, <laughs> key to the week. It's like, so you want them to draft a player who is who's – got a hundred points in minor midget, but he doesn't want to be there and he's not going to be there. So you want, just want him to waste a pick. Like 
Yeah. Get the guy who wants to be there. He's going to put in the effort, right? That's a person that you can help. That's a person that you can coach. That's a person that you want in your organization. That's what the ice dogs want to be. Yeah. And then obviously getting Robrick and what happened there in that situation, how good he's been. I think the ice dogs honestly have to continue to draft and continue to develop what they're doing. Honestly, yeah. like they're recruiting, they're getting guys. Robrick came, Zada came. The two first round picks last year came. So I think you just got to build off that. I think the past is the past and the future is the future. And I think that's what they have to do. I think they have a really good facility there. That's mm -hmm. one thing. That is one thing about the Niagara Ice Dogs. That facility is incredible. Yeah. In the Eastern Conference, in the Eastern Conference, I'm only taking it's but my favorite facility so far in the Eastern Conference, me personally, is Niagara and Oshawa. Those are my two favorite facilities in the Eastern Conference. Other than Brantford, obviously, we're not biased about that. And they did the terrific job with civic center. But I just think like Oshawa and Niagara, their facilities are incredible. Yeah. Incredible. They'll never have a pro. They should never have a problem recruiting somebody going into Niagara, like for a Thursday night home game. The fact that they make Thursday night home games interesting is incredible by them marketing. They've lasted on Thursday nights for a long time where it's thinking that's kind of tough, right? The Sabres play their odd Thursday nights. And obviously, they have, there's Thursday night football the odd week now with the Bills being competitive. It's like, it's a tough market, right? There's a lot that you can do on a Thursday night. There's a lot you can do on a Friday night as well. But the fact that they're still relevant on a night, on a school, on a midweek game, and they still have interest is incredible. And I think that if you, and this is for any players that's in the draft that's listening to this show, I know your mom, dad, aunts, and uncles, grandparents are listening to this. And if your grandchild gets selected by the Niagara Ice Dogs, Seriously, remember this because it's a great facility, and I honestly think it's a really nice facility. It's a great place to go to a game. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think you have to trust the process, but we're not going to get into the uh, system because I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, no, and 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 I think the big thing about about the Ice Dogs, and you you kind of hit on that, Wardy, is about the, you know, who cares if you don't get a guy who scored 100 points in, in 30 games mm -hmm. Maybe you got a guy that got 30 and 30, 25 and 30, but he's there. And I Get think the, the brain big... wants to be there. The heart. Yeah, exactly. Like you got to eventually, and I don't want to say not care if a guy got a hundred points in 30 games, because obviously you should care. But at the same time, you need guys to get the ice dogs needed guys to get there in order to change really? what the past was and, and start fresh. Right. You there's one drafted player on that team um from the Burke era. Yeah. One. Andrew Wysick. One guy. Yeah. So yeah. So so it for them the last couple of years it wasn't getting the highest point guy or you know best goaltender, whatever it might be. It was about getting guys there in order to show the next crop and the crop after that what can happen. And you know it it's easy to say that the season is an improvement from last year because they are a little bit more relevant than they were at this yep. time last year. But at the same time, there's still a whole heck of a lot of work to still do. Yeah. And I think they know that. So I think, you know, it's about, again, the process, just guys got to get there. Then you get into it and see where you go. This year's problem with the ice dogs was last year. It was a full 60 minutes. You just go in there in the last three years. It was like this, you go into Niagara and you just 
honestly, I'm just going to say it, it is walk them. Yeah. And shout out to our guy, our buddy, Gavin Bryant. I mean, guy like that comes in there. He changes your identity, right? We know him personally. We know the type of person he is. You know, guys like that, you know, they're going to compete every game. You know, they're going to get their best, right? Which is huge. Props to the Ice Dogs for doing, making that move. But I, when I watch this team, the problem this year is, Reese, this team has no game plan. You watch their – you can see why the comebacks happen. Remember in the beginning of the year and, like, beginning to midway point of the year, the quarter mark of the season, when they had those comeback wins? It was like – well, I can see why, because there's no game plan at all. Their starts are horrible. And we like their starts, when you watch them, it's like there's no game plan. They just want to play their game. They don't care about the other team. That's why Kingston's dominated them. I saw the Troy, we saw the Troy man system in person. We know what it is. That's why Kingston's dominated Niagara this year. Plain and simple. You can see it. If you watch Kingston game in and game out, and you watch Niagara game in and game out, anyone behind the scenes that sees this knows it could be a long night when they play the Kingston front. And that's just the way they're coached. Yeah, um, yeah. The, but it's so weird because their first periods can be so bad, but then the second period, it's like a totally different team. And then it's like, Oh, you're behind the eight ball, right? You're down three, nothing. So good luck coming back. So yeah. that's the one thing this year. That's the one thing this year that I'm criticizing in Niagara of their pregame plan. I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's good enough. And I think that's, what's hurting them this year, but Years to come, it might be different. And I like the character moves, though. Like I said, we'll always go to bat for GB. Great guy. And yeah. we we know they have character there, and that's huge. That goes a long way, which is big. Um, another thing I want to touch on, Reese, last week's segment with the coach of the year, we got a little bit of a buzz from that. All right. Yeah, a little bit of a buzz there, UC and Kitchener. We got some quotes. Yeah. We got some messages. Do we change things? I believe – I will say this. I will say this, and I think you'll agree with me on this one, Reese. It's one of those things. I was so amped up on Jay McKee being in it. I agree. If I have Jay in it, in the Western Conference side, should be UC. I'm not there. Wow. Okay. I, 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 okay. I, can, I can make a strong case. And, and I don't think he's not going to get any love. I don't think he – is going to be one of those guys that doesn't get any votes because um, I know he will. I I think there are bigger accomplishments from other coaches that block him out, and, and that and that's the unfortunate part about it is I'm I'm still a big believer in people are going to look at the point streak and automatically look at Dale Hunter and the Knights. Yep. Um. You know, for Saginaw, I mean, it's it, again, it's tough. They're going for a Memorial Cup. If they weren't this good, they wouldn't have the same coach. Like, Lazary wouldn't be the coach anymore. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Um, you know, the Sioux Greyhounds, I'm I, I'm still a big believer in them. Um, you know, I I love the team. They're not number one for anyone out there wondering. They're, they're not the number one team in the league right now. I will tell you that. However, um, they are still a dominant team, a team that could win the championship. And, yeah. you know, it's it's – that's the unfortunate part of it because I <laughs> I have Kyle Raftis winning GM of the year. Um, but I also think John Dean makes a good case to be coach of the year. Yeah. So I think him and Dale Hunter are ahead uh, of UC. And, okay. and the reason being is, A, the point streak, the turnaround Sue has had, and I think that that one and nine stretch. Wall was, was not good. 
Yes, I agree. Now, I now every team goes through it. I'm not saying they don't. It's just a matter of what point in the season. Um, but but at the same time, it's again the timing of this. We're gonna look at the point streak. People are gonna look at the losing streak. All all that puts Dale Hunter ahead. You know, and but I, do I think he's a top three coach in the West? Absolutely. Um, the top five in the league. In the league, yep. Oh, oh man. I because I just looked over at the East and I saw two names that are ahead of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad we brought this up. In, I'm glad we brought this up. No, that's it's a good it's a good topic. Last cause... week, yeah, we had buzz last week, and out of respect, we gotta we gotta rekindle this conversation. That that was a blast to talk about it. Yeah, so in, in the East, Ulahan McKee jump out one two. Um I think that's pretty evident. Um I like yep. I, I like James Richmond, but I think Turlal's been way longer than Kitchener's. So I think he falls under UC. Uh, however, I think UC's a 5-6 in the league right now. And I think it's all dependent on where everyone else has has Chris Lathery. If we consider – and obviously he's going to get a ton of credit. If they win the OHL Championship, they win the Memorial Cup. Absolutely. Coach should deserve the credit. Chris Lazary, hell of a job if you're able to do that. Um yeah, you know, it's again, it's just when you see a team that's already loaded up and going for Mem Cup, you know, it really is. Well, they've got the players yeah. for it, you know. So it no, it's it's tough. I I I love the argument for him to be coach of the year, but I just I, I know how people vote and I know they're not gonna vote for him because yeah. of certain reasons that other coaches have accomplished this year. Absolutely. And I mean for me, I'm going Dale Hunter one. Honestly, from the way they played and the way they've been picked, Jay McKee two, um, Trinkle three, UC four, Laxdale and uh, Oshawa five. That'd be my top five. If I had to vote like that, that's who I would vote. Because if I give Jay McKee his marbles, who I think Jay, I'm giving him his marbles because he's deserved. He's been robbed the last couple of seasons. Last year, I thought. Well, for sure, year, he should have won it two years ago. Um, yeah, it, it, last year he should have got a vote. Yeah, it's easy to say last year because the team was better after the um, after the trade deadline, which and what they I, traded. I don't want to say is hilarious, but it's yeah. like you're thinking about it, you're like how, but yeah. but it you know it's for sure two years ago I it shouldn't have even been close. Yep, in my opinion. Um, yet last year, uh, yeah, I don't know about robbed, but. Should have got a look or two. He should have got the honorable mentions. But, he should have been in the final five. The, the coach that wins, and I thought he should have been in from that two to five range in an honorable mention, probably in the five spot yeah. last year. I I, th- I think you could also take into consideration, uh, if you're voting for this, your expectation for the team starting the year and where they ended up. And that's where you see with Kitchener, though. That's where you see could win. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I agree. 1,000%. With that. I agree, too. Yep. 100%. Um, and we just become best friends. Yep. <laughs> Want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and I'm sure there are people out there where, okay, let's go over the criteria. Let's do this. Why, why do I think I'm sure people, their number one thing is, okay, where did I have them to start the year? Where did they finish? I'm sure people start with that. There are people out there that start with that. There's probably people yeah. that start with that in the NHL okay, folks. As, as well. And, and you see, yeah, he's number one for that. I don't think there's any argument for that. So give him a check mark there. Jay yep. McKee in the East, yeah, nobody had the Bulldogs, even myself, 
with yeah. the East Division lead six points ahead of the team behind them. In the division, yep. I mean, not the conference. Um, I just there's other categories that I know he's not going to get votes for. And yeah, that that's the one thing that I struggle Absolutely. with to to make him coach of the year. Okay, I agree. I agree 100. I have him in my top five. The one in nine in ten games at post deadline is the is the dagger. That's the killer. Yeah, that's the that's the dark cloud. That's a rainstorm over the cloud. So, so then I'll ask you this because <laughs> this will make the con conversation a little bit more interesting it say instead of one and nine they were six and four which is good it's not great but it's good you stayed over 500 over a 10 game stretch and let's say they and i mean it's tough to say in the division 13 points back but let's say that lull didn't happen they're currently within five points of london it's a conversation, but I think the big thing is getting swept in those head to heads with London. I think yeah. if they go two and one in that, I think if they go two and one out of those three games instead of going zero and three, I think automatic, automatic. I think it goes hand in hand, right? The head to head with the London Knights would happen there. They lost all three games. That's not. That's definitely not going to help. And then two, like you mentioned, Reese, if they're at eighty points, probably around 80, 82 points. They're in third place in the Eastern Conference right now, close to Saginaw. They go six and four in those 10. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. You can't go, you can't add UC's name below uh, Drinkle's name in Saginaw when Kitchener wasn't even a playoff team in the po- in the offseason. And now all of a sudden, they're taught they, their point percentage and points up on the Memorial Cup host. Yeah. You can't. You can't do it, in my opinion. But it's a would have, could have, should have, didn't happen, right? And at the end of the day, that's what happens. A one and nine stretch really hurt. My opinion is, I thought, I th- I still think he's in that four or five range. It depends what happens here in these next three weeks. It's huge. It's yeah. massive for the vote. It's huge. But right now, it's Dale Hunter, and he's about a half a lap up on everybody else. I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's he's at Lightning McQueen stage when he blew the tire and he had to Cup. hop to the finish line. <laughs> Not that the Knights are going to hop to the finish line. I think they're going to win the yeah, conference pretty handily. Not the conference handily, the division pretty pretty easily. But uh, he's he's at that <laughs> point, right, where you've got Lightning McQueen and you've got the rest of the field. He's hopping. We, like he's can that we play far the Stephen ahead. A. Can we play the Stephen A. Smith clip from when the guy from the guy from Wisconsin? We're going to mention that as soon as it came out of my mouth. Shit. That's why I was dying. I have tears in my eyes <laughs> laughing about that because all I can think about is that guy that uh, called in to Stephen A. Smith's show on the podcast, and it was all over social media. Probably a few of our listeners have saw it already, but when the guy called in, he said, we talk about the greatest athletes of all time. We talked about LeBron James, Jordan, Brady, six rings. But why do we talk about Lightning <laughs> McQueen with his seven piston cups? That was the all-time. Was- and Stephen A. Smith's like, you talked about cars. <laughs> it was unreal. I want to. I wish we could play that clip. That was incredible. Yeah, which, by the way, I heard there might be a Cars Four in the making. Oh, be interesting. I remember when that show first came. I remember the Man, to be, to be honest, the Cars popcorn bowl. Oh yeah, I yeah. Pumped. Like that, the Barch root beer, hand in hand. I don't think the second two movies are even remotely close to the first one. That's the usual, though. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. Because Shrek's the Shrek's like that. Shrek one was the best. It's not even close. The next three yeah. are four's awful. That was someone what, better be what, dying. What a mistake, man! That was the best. <laughs> Depressing, but it was yeah. like that was the best. Yeah, like um, yeah. 
My next one, where you say, obviously, it's unfortunate to talk about. There's an investigation going on by the Ontario Hockey League. A bounty, Sudbury Wolves, occurred on January 18th, game against the Barry Colts. Barry, it sounds like there is a leak, because if Barry finds out about this, it sounds like there was a leak behind this. Someone either in-house that's mutual respect for Marty Williamson and staff and Barry from Sudbury or another team, probably another team, said three days later they played. Obviously, didn't they didn't dress the player, and then now this investigation is happening a month later. Um, this is interesting. I don't know how much we can go into, Reese, but this is definitely a big one. Um, last Wednesday was a bad day in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, and no, that's not, I think that's the best fair way to put it. That's an embarrassing, it's a bad day for the Ontario Hockey League Wednesday was. And I think that this investigation needs to be serious. I think it needs to be up there when we saw the Niagara ice dog suspension there with the, with yeah. their former brass. I think this has to be right there with that. Um, this can't be a thing in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, this is terrible for the game. You want to talk about not getting recruits? This is more dangerous um, for not getting recruits than anything in Niagara. Like, that's a joke. Like, that's not even a conversation. But this is something that needs to be investigated to the fullest. It needs to be conclusive. It needs to be actually thought over. It needs to be investigated. It needs to be time into this because this is something that, if it's true, this needs to be something that is very invested in by the Ontario hockey league. And you need to call to action ASAP because with the way the lead, with the way hockey's going in general behind the scenes, man, it's a bleep yeah. show. Um, it's a joke, right? Like this is something that needs to be taken seriously. So hopefully it is. Hopefully the, hopefully everything comes out. The truth comes out, whatever side it is. Um, We'll see, but that's that's tough. Yeah, and, and for anyone wondering what that lengthy suspension would look like if it is comparable to the Burks, uh, if obviously a suspension comes of this, which I'd say there's a likely chance of it, um, that would be, what, two-plus years to, to kind of match the Burks, who, by the way, for anyone wondering, can apply for reinstatement um, anytime after June 1st, 2024. So... Yeah, call it and and you're right. It's it's something that a could hurt the league down the road, and just by having this come to yeah. surface, I think already has, um, you know. But but at the same time, it's it. I wonder if you have to figure out a who caused or whose idea it was. I think that's agenda number one. Yeah, uh, or I guess number one is finding out if it's true, uh, which sounds like it is. Uh, number two, find out whose idea it was. Number three, find out who was all involved, who was in on it, and yep. you know whether we find out it was players, whether we find out it was coaches, front office, whatever it might be. Um, I I think this absolutely warrants something close to yes. the same as what the Burks got. You yeah. know, maybe maybe Man, not two plus years. I maybe we see a year. And I go with the, the rest of this year, but it's it's hard to argue not I go to have two. at least the same. Yeah, I go the two. I go the exact same because a bounty is dangerous. It's gutless. It's literally you're encouraging someone, a teammate, a player, 
hopefully not a player. Hopefully it's not an upper level coach yeah. doing that. If that's the case, like should never be involved in the Ontario hockey league, you know, should not want to be associated with that. If the OHL, that's something where if that's encouraged, like a bounty, something you're encouraging a player to physically harm somebody you're yeah. encouraging it and they get value out of that. That's a bounty to me. That's a complete joke. That's a complete joke. That shouldn't even be a thought about in the league. And now, and now I guarantee you, and it sucks for Sudbury's end, but I know there's other teams now investigating head-to-head games that they played with the Sudbury Wolves this year. For sure. So do you think this, and whether, if let for example, let's say players aren't involved. And yep. obviously players are, they kind of have to be for a bounty. In, yeah. in my experience, but yeah, how much does this investigation impact the Wolves Everyone. where they end up in the standings and the rest of their regular season? Um, because at it. they've got a lead over the battalion for the division. It's four points. But if it has as big of an impact as we think it could on you know the mental well-being of the players as they're out there playing the game of hockey... Yeah, Sudbury might not win the division. Yeah, no, it's a, it's not something that you want going through your locker room right now as well. Yeah, that's something that's hard to focus on. It's hard to focus on the game when you have something going on like that. But that's 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 the first that's episode one of uh, when you buy a team. That's the first thing you go through. You never do that. That's in your contract. When you sign a contract, you never go about that. Um, but that's all for Sudbury. Uh, also, we have a lawsuit. Tucker Tynan suing the Greg. The Sioux Greyhounds. Um, we'll just leave it at that. We'll just yeah, leave that at that. That's um, a court well, problem, not us. Yeah, exactly. We'll leave yeah. that at that. Um, Jackson Edwards suspended for two games. Reese, did you see the clip hitting the camera? Hitting the I, camera. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to I you. Have n- I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. And I it was described the- to be me very differently than that. I just sent it to you. Um, I just, on Instagram, I just wonder, like, it's just a professionalism. But two games, I guess it's fair. Um, I've been on on the each. I know from last week what we talked about this with fellow London Knight, Sawyer Bolton, talked about that. that we definitely did wrong with the thing, I, with the suspension. I, I disagree so, with the result, but. Like, so. Really? That's what it was? Yep. No. Really? Like, I think the two games is fair then. But but why? Like Because you're you're professional, you're conducting yourself. That's a person that's running a camera who's either a high school student um collecting community hours just trying to do their job or it's someone working for their cable company for college trying to pay their bills. I just think that like, that has nothing to do with the game. Like he's just doing his job. Like as us in media recently, we ask a question that fan when fans ask us something. A lot of our questions, the post game with the Bulldogs for us, it's fan generated questions, right? Fans are asking us questions. Why is this about this person? If we don't know it, we go to the, we go to the coaching staff or we go to the general front office and we ask that question. And we, hey, this is what's going. To, this is the words the fans want to know, right? So we ask that question. That's something to me where he's just trying to do his job, and I think professionalism. I think the two games is a right address. I think that's the right thing because you can't do that. You're a drafted player in the NHL. Like, I just think like you got to be a better police at that. I think it shows the maturity in the game. 
So from the, from the standpoint of um, you control that action and it was stupid, kind of like the headbutt conversation we had a couple mm. of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I, I could agree with that because it was something you yeah. controlled and it realistically, what did it get? Professionalism. Yet? It's no like, different than ripping off a chain in an exhibition game. I just, I, and I get the argument for sure. Like you're right. It's, it's more than likely a volunteer not getting paid there. He probably wants to have a future in broadcasting and okay. whether it be behind the camera, whether it be in the truck, directing, producing, running the board, um, you know, I, absolutely from that standpoint. Yeah. That was not very smart because it was something you can control and well, you didn't control it very well. And, and you decided to go at it. In terms of two, I don't know if it's two. I, I think you sit them for one. Um, I I don't think it's two. I think it's a generic two. But that again, that's the thing. I think it's the generic yeah. two. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it is what it is. Like I said, it was just described to me. This is the first time I saw it on video. And I mean they I was told that it was a lot worse than that. Um the guy sounded like he knocked over the entire camera. But um yeah, that is what it is. But I, th- I think one would have been okay, and uh, I'll leave it at that. All right, perfect. Um, also, OHL Development League starting this summer, May to July. The registration's out now, so go on the OHL website, sign up your three-on-three, um, get involved on that three-on-three format around a bunch of OHL cities, and uh, get involved in that from, uh, I think it's 9 is 18. 10 to 18, um, but get involved. If you're in that age group, get involved, check it out, and um, get opportunity to have some fun. Uh, late summer hockey. Um, interesting. Also, uh, stay tuned to playoff tickets. I know all those teams that have clinched, Reese, London Knights posted that their playoff tickets are out now. I believe Tuesday they had their uh, first sale. Mm-hmm. So um, if your team's clinched, check out uh, – Check out if your team's uh, tickets are out there because they'll be out, coming out soon for the first round of the playoffs as the excitement rolls in. Reese, my last question on my thoughts of the weekend. Obviously, I think we both know the team who's going to be the next team to clinch. Who's the next team to clinch in the Ontario Hockey League in the East and in the West? I think the East, it's easy with Ottawa. But I was going to say, Ottawa can do it this weekend. Yeah, Ottawa can do it next with, game. I think all they need is a win or even yeah. a point, I believe. Yeah, or a, or a Peterborough loss. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that one's pretty easy, Ottawa. Um, in the yeah, West, it's tough. West, it is. This is the, the one week. that we can answer next week, even. Like Guelph's honestly, Guelph's been Guelph struggled since the trade yeah. deadline of the worst team in the Western Conference. Um, they're six sp- and three right now is their current run. Yeah. They're yeah, really was... when you look at the it yeah, it won't be till next week. You're right about that. I'm gonna say Owen Sound. I think it's Owen Sound. I'm with Carter you George, Carter George, Barlow. Um, sadly, they got the pieces. Yeah, they got the pieces there. I agree. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting though. Like right now, when you look at it, Reese, um, Flint twenty four wins, Erie twenty five, Sarnia twenty three. Does the team? Does every team in the Western Conference right now are they gonna win thirty games? Because to make the playoffs. How many wins do the Sarnia's thing need? Like, yeah. it's kind of interesting. They're in the nine spot right now, right? They have 23 wins. 
So, so you look at it, and what well, we had the discussion: Erie, Flint, and Sarnia are going to be fighting for that last spot. I think that's still relevant right now, although Erie certainly gets some separation between them and Sarnia. So, man, it's tough. I think. So, I can look at it like Sarnia so, would need at least twenty-eight. Yeah, eleven games left for Sarnia and Erie. You have twelve games left for Flint. Yeah, and. 25 wins for Erie, 24 for Flint, 23 for Sarnia. I think they have to win, man, 27 or 28. Yeah. Like, at I least. Like, I, 30, 30, to be honest, I, I wouldn't put it past the West this year. Has to be 30 wins. Isn't that wild, though? Every team can win 30 games in the West. Yeah. And possibly, possibly with the game in hand for Flint – Nine teams could win 30 games and one wouldn't make the playoffs. Which would be a record. Yep. You yeah. know, you win 30 games, that's usually you're in the playoffs. Like a team wins 30 games, you hear the you hear them talk about oh the another 30 win season, right? Yeah. Like credit. I think you gotta start around 27 or 28 wins to make the playoffs. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And that's a, that's a heck of a year to be honest for the not for the eight for the eight spot. Like in the eighth spot with 28 wins, like that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, you could probably another year you'd probably be up one more spot to the seventh spot, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, all right, might as well, you know what? Might as well before we hit the break here, um, let's take a look, quick look because we won't, won't spend too much time on it. On um, if the playoffs started today, and might as well stick in the Western Conference here, it would be London and Flint, Saginaw and Erie. Sault Ste. Marie against Guelph and Kitchener against Owen Sound. You know what? I'm still looking forward to a Kitchener-Guelph first round. I yeah, still if you're think Kitchener. that'd be awesome. A, because that travel's phenomenal. Yeah, if you're <laughs> Kitchener. Guelph and Kitchener. Let's be honest here. If you're Kitchener, you're the biggest Guelph Storm fan right now. Yeah. If you're and you want to play Guelph in the Travel first purposes, round. absolutely. For travel purposes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but no, a lot of a lot of intriguing matchups, and I think it's, you know, it's we're kind of out of the it'd be West Division versus West Division, Midwest Division versus Midwest Division. Yeah, that unfortunately, but that that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. So, um, no, it's 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 cool to see where this is at, and this is something we'll do right down to the final final week of the regular season, um, and of course this week we'll we'll do it a little bit differently. We kind of. Kind of did it towards the end of the playoffs last year. But, Colin, I think you can agree with this as we did find it a little bit better in terms of you know, having good discussions and, you know, getting some information out is, you know, we have one show to, well, I guess to start the playoffs. We're not recapping around, but, you know, we we have a show. Preview. One round takes place. We have another show. The next yeah. round takes place. We have another show. So for everybody wondering what our playoff schedule will look like, that's what it's going to be. We're going to go round by round because I think that is more effective for the show um, and more effective for the listeners. You'll enjoy it a little bit more. So, Yeah, preview the rounds and uh, post up the rounds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the Eastern Conference at the playoffs started today. Rematch. Number one-seeded Brantford Bulldogs against the eighth-seeded Colts. Like you said, rematch of last year's first round where the Colts were three, Bulldogs were six. Uh, number two versus seven would be Sudbury and Kingston. Three and six would be North Bay, Ottawa. And then four and five would be the Oshawa Generals and Mississauga Steelheads. And I'm honestly, like, I'm not saying this. Like, 
the Eastern Conference playoffs for le- series lengthwise is going to be so much better than the West. I was going to like, say, like, in the Mississauga, West, Oshawa, yeah. North Bay, Ottawa. Like, yeah, like, like in the West, I think it's written all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, I think in the West, it's a, I don't want to say a typical OHL first round because it's not always the case, but, you know, we're, could see a lot of five game series, four game series as well. Where, yeah, you're right. In the East, <laughs> let's get ready for six games with with most of these matchups in the first round. Yeah, right. I mean, and of a, does that not only generate revenue for for the teams for an extra game or two, but you know, it also has a lot more excitement than games just being out of hand and oh, it's over in four or five, right? So, and it makes it more <laughs> interesting for us. So, what the heck. Absolutely. I love that. All right. So let's hit the break. When we come back, we will look at um, how many 50 goal scorers we're going to see this year. Uh, We could also throw in how many hundred point getters we're going to see this year. And then the over under on win totals, essentially. And we kind of already went over it to, Mm -hmm. you know, at the bottom of the Western conference, but we're going to look at it at the top of, of both conferences as well. And, you know, maybe how many wins do we think each team will need to win their own division? And we could look at that as well. So all of that and the power rankings, of course, coming up next here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHLM60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Let's start with the win totals. And Colin, we were originally going to look at 50 wins. Yep. Well, that's something we do. I think we've done on every show, every season. And well, this year, I don't think we're going to get there. No. You know, London's the closest. They're eight away. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if they did it. 11 with, games. with 11 games to go. Wouldn't surprise me if they got to 50. But I think they're the only team that'll be able to do it. Saginaw's close. They're nine away with 11 to go. They could also do it. They have the talent to do it. But it's obviously more realistic for the Knights to be able to do that with a one more win than the Spirit right now. So where do we set this at? Do we Do we go to 45 and go from there? Uh, maybe we go with 40 because we've already got two teams there, but who joins them? Yeah. I think we could do that as well. So let's let's hit the 40 because I think 45, London and Saginaw are locks. locks to get it. Sue, I think, will do it. Seven games. or needs seven more wins with 11 games to go. Um, Kitchener, you got to win nine out of 10 to get to 45. That's, that's tough to do in a playoff run. So they'll be at 42. They'll be yeah. like we're saying on London are now. They'll finish yeah. with seven points. Yeah. So so let's start with the West. So London at 40, Saginaw at 40. I think we're in agreement. Sue will get there. I think yep. we're in agreement. Kitchener will get there. Well, that'll be it. Yeah. As Owen it. Sound has has 26 wins on the season in fifth place. Um, yeah, four teams. I agree. Four teams, four yeah. teams get the 40, two teams get over 45. Um, 45 or more. Um for the two teams, uh, Sue gets 40, comes close to 45. I don't know if they get there or not. That's a big ass. You're gonna have some head to head games with Saginaw. Um, that's a tough one, too. Uh, and then Kitchener, 
Kitchener, I don't think they get to 45, but I think they get 40, 41, 42. I just mentioned that there's second. It was 87 points. They'll finish around. Um, I think they'll finish around there as Gosses Bear makes it 4 1 for the Red Wings right now. Oh, I was cheering for something else. I was cheering for something else. Vegas made it 1 0. That's big. That's big. <laughs> That's big. No, I have the Red Wing game on my phone, so I just saw the uh, notification. Gosses from... Bear, more points for my fantasy team. Love to see yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be. Um, that's that's more that's where I'm looking at it right now. I think yeah. those forty. I think Owen Sound extends their streak of thirty wins on a season. I think they get forty. I think they get four more. to yeah. get the thirty win quote. But after that, honestly, at this point, it's a big, big ask for Guelph to get thirty four more wins. Yeah, um, they have fifty six games played, so they still they have the games in hand. But man, Guelph's got to get it going. Guelph yeah. has to get it going. They're too good not to. They're too good to struggle like this. Um, they need to get in-depth practice and a good video session here that translate to the ice for practice and brings it into the game, um, which I'm sure they're doing right now. I'm sure the video sessions – that's the one thing, too, that's kind of cool. Eh? Like, being with the Bulldogs, we we know this firsthand. When the teams are in a funk, the video sessions and the game and the knowledge that goes into this is – it's incredible. Like, it's stuff that you don't even think of. It's so cool to see, like – you know, you lose a tough game. Like, the Bulldogs lose that game in uh, Oshawa, the blowout, a couple Sundays ago, Reese. Sorry to mention that for you. But <laughs> that was a game, though, that all of a sudden the next game turns around, the Bulldogs, a video session, a hard-nosed practice, and then boom. You know, they're back. back on track. Yeah, you know, it's so cool to see. Like, And that's what I know what golf's going through right now, right? Like, you're going to have those video sessions. We saw Kitchener where I thought Kitchener was really cool where they just said, hey, We'll play ten guys tonight. If if they want to play, we're gonna play them. We're gonna ride them out tonight. And let's let's yeah. do it, right? Which is I like. I kind of think that's pretty cool. Like if you're a veteran player and you're a good player, you like that because your coach is making you out, is throwing you out there and saying, "Hey, like we trust you. Like let's go here. We're giving you nice time. Be a leader," which is really cool if you're one of those types of players. But Guelph, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do here. They're too good of a team though to be in this much of a slump. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's hit the hit the point totals, the goal totals here, Colin. We'll start with points and who will be 100-point guys. Goyette at 94, that's a lock. Uh, Romani, 89, I, I think that's a lock as well, Colin. Uh, Carson Rakoff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it's going to be – I don't want to say it'll be a struggle because he has the ability to do it, but it, gonna it's going to be tough. Yeah, he's going to score 50, absolutely. Um, it's just a matter of if hey, he's going to do 100 yeah. points. So we've got four, five guys um, in the lead here, 94 for Goyette, 89 for Romani, 84 for Rakoff, um, 82 for Barkey, 81 for Wakely. Yeah. Uh, do we cut it off at, at Rakoff? Like, do we think it's those three guys that are going to get to 100? If Goyette anyone will. It. Goyette gets it earliest this week at the second game of the weekend probably next week though it's gonna have to have a big week six points this weekend so get a heck of a weekend you know yeah i think he for sure gets it next weekend romani rakoff very interesting very interesting because romani's so good right he's 11 points shy of 100 north bay has some big games coming up Obviously, this got through a gauntlet weekend, the three and three with Saginaw, Flint, and Sarnia, which is nice to get that over with. But it's going to be tough for Romania to get 11 points because they're 
they're going to have some big games here. Teams are going to zero in on him. I think he gets it because I, I would love to see two players with 100 points. The league needs that. But it's going to be close. It is going to be close. Um, I think Rakoff has a chance, but I think it's more 95 points for Rakoff over 100. I don't. I think he's in that 95 to 100 range where he finishes. But mm-hmm. I think for sure Goyat, Romani, maybe. I think Romani, it's a 50-50 shot right now, in my opinion. Um, and I know people will be looking at me like, hey, it's 11 points. Like, he's one of the best players in the league. And, uh, yeah, I know that, but it's playoff time, right? Like, it's the last month of the season. It's You're going through hell and back every game. Like, the body's feeling it. If North Bay has a cushion and if they're fine with where they are in the playoff matchup, do they rest them? Um, you're looking at the scenarios like that. And I think Rakoff, that's the thing there, right? With Rakoff, Kitchener's not going to move down. They're not going to move up. They can rest guys now, and they still wouldn't blow the lead. So that's why I think it's, rest comes into it. Yep. And I think if Rakoff's in 90, with, at 95 points with five games to go, automatic he's playing, obviously, a point a game. But to get him that, but it's going to be close. It's really going to be close. I think 95 to 100 points for Rakoff. I think Romani's about 97 to 100 points. So then let's hit the goals because we had already mentioned Rakoff's going to get 50s, three away. Um, it's harder for him not to score 50 than it will be to score 50. Uh, Romani's five away at 45. And I think that's big. If he gets to 50 goals, he gets yeah. to 100 points. Um, and then really it's yeah. it's a I that's where I'm at. It, with Romani, yeah. I think if he gets 50 goals, he's going to get – I think he's capable of getting five and six. So uh, – I'd agree. I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. I agree there. So uh, then, for goals, do we cut it off after him? Because 10 yeah. goals from Pinelli is – That's not happening. A huge ask. If that happens, if that happens, that's the MVP of the year. Like – to do that in this time of the year, like the last month of the season, and every game's a playoff game, you know, and teams are dialed in on Luca Pinelli right now, right? He has 40 goals right in the Ontario Hockey League. Like, teams know him, like, opponents know him when he's on the ice now, right? Like, there's no secret around him, like, around his game. So that's one of those things where you're going to look into it. Um, the analytic department and all that fun jazz and stuff. But I don't think he gets it. I, uh, I, I doubt he gets 50. I think he gets 45, which is a heck of a year. I think Sop gets 40. Um, Goyette gets 40. Yeah. So I think Goyette, 40. Sop, 40. Benelli, 45. Romani, 50. Raykoff, 55. I think Raykoff gets it this weekend. Kitchener, hey, you know what? For our guy, Josh Brown. Josh, if you're listening to this, get your article ready. It's happening. OHL and 60 <laughs> effect. Remember this right now. OHL on 60 effect. Carson Raycoff, 50 goals this weekend. Let's do it. By the Love time it. we record next, by the time our next episode gets released on Tuesday evening, next week, six days from now, Carson Raycoff has 50 goals. Love it. Love it. Uh, Hammered out. <laughs> Here's a curveball for you, Colin, before we hit the power rankings. Please be a hanger. That's, I only throw hangers. Nothing is dotted anywhere. <laughs> Um, and I think it's an interesting conversation because of who the guys are that are chasing this. Michael Simpson's going to win 30 games. That's not an argument. We won't even oh, talk about a, that. Shankle is at 25, who a Sioux team is ch- trying to chase down Saginaw for the division lead. 
Mateo Drobax at 25, who they're trying to, A, clinch the East Division, but also be number one in the Eastern Conference. And Jacob Oster, who is on the team that's chasing Mateo Drobak in the Bulldogs. Oster's All three of game. those guys are five away. Do yeah. any of them get 30? Yeah, you know what? Shout out to my girlfriend, Liza, who's sitting on the opposite end of the table of me right now, who just did the Jacob Oster impression of the intermissions uh, for, or no, the pre Oh, the uh... skate. You saw it. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. The routine. Most, most interesting routine of the year. Um, so shout out to that. But I think Oster gets it. I think Trillback gets it. I think Shankle gets it. I think Simpson. Uh, all these good teams are good teams. All these teams are going to win five more games this year. Yeah. You would think. Um, Oster's to get where get we think they're going to be, they they kind of have yeah. to. Yeah. Oak, Oak isn't because I don't think Oak's the number one goalie right now in second. I look no along. I mean, he's been incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's played. Um, no to there. But Ulster, yes. Drawback, yes. Shankle, yes. Simpson, yes. Um, If I'm saying this right now, I am saying this right now. Call me crazy, but Jacob Oster, if he gets 30 wins, is the goalie of the year in the Ontario Hockey League over Michael Simpson. You know what? And all to the podium to accept his goalie of the year trophy. Let's see that hair swing. You know like what? Wines in Niagara wineries. <laughs> I can tell you they're all pretty good. Um, not all. I haven't been to all of them. I'm not a. <laughs> my parents are the wine club members of the family, but um, you know what? That's an interesting debate because do we do it next week? Are, the same, yeah. Because I think the same argument if 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 Oster gets to thirty wins as well as Drawback, I think you make the same argument for Drawback. Mm. Um, average on save percentage. That's the one thing, that, right? That is a big part of it. Yes. That's the one That's... thing, Drawback. I was thinking that too at Drawback. Drawback's the Bulldogs MVP this year, 1,000%. Big time. 1,000%. He's the most valuable player for the Bulldogs. Mateo Droba, Nick Lardis being out, Tomas Hamra being out, all these guys being out for the Bulldogs. Mateo Drawback's the reason why they're still winning. If yeah. Mateo Drawback got hurt, it would not be like that. Yeah. They're going to game this weekend in Saginaw. Yeah. No, and, and, and I, I agree with you. I'll take back my statement because I think Drawback will get votes, but when you put all three together – it's it, a. It's going to be tough to beat Simpson, but I think, like you said, a strong case is going to be made for Oster to win it as well. Well, so. here's another, here's another one. Here's another one. Simpson's the, Simpson is the number one right now. Does yep. Michael Simpson move up four points? Yeah. Does he move up four points in the save percentage and win the goaltending triple crown this year? Having the most wins, best save percentage, and goals against average. Man, that's hard. And if that happens... What are, what are the odds he starts... And I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to start resting him tomorrow <laughs> against Oshawa, but... Wilmore's played well. You have to, Exactly. The week. And you have to think about it. If London gets into a situation where, I mean, they're going to clinch the division pretty well any day now, right? Um. Yeah. You know, probably next weekend, I would think, unless they win everything. Kitchener loses everything, of course. But, um, you know, when they get to that point where they clinch the division, and of course they still want to clinch that Hamilton Spectator Trophy, 
what are the odds Simpson even plays every game the rest of the year? Like out of 11 yeah. games, does Simpson, Simpson well, probably plays half, but does he play eight? Like, yeah, I think he plays six for sure. Yeah. It's six for sure. No, you won't play in the back to backs. That's it. He'll play yeah. the first game to the weekend. Then Wilmore on the second, then toss up for the third. If they play yeah. a third, um, I mean, Simpson one shutout back too from four being tied for first. So he can lead every category. Yep. Just impressive. You know, that's what if, if he does that, nobody's beating that. Yeah, that's um, MVP of the league. Yeah. Is that enough? If you win every single goaltending category, is that enough to win league MVP? I for me, that's a freaking lootly being yeah. a goalie. I got a little sugared up for that one. No, uh, no I, I'm with you on that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. That's that's MVP that's my MVP caliber. vote. For sure it is. Yeah, that's my MVP vote. But that was fun talking about goalies. We talk about goalies. I got and all you. Of a sudden, it's like a firework. Yeah, that's fun. Goalies uh, are this team's backbone. <laughs> all right, let's hit the power rankings here before we wrap up the show. Uh, on the OHL site, the OHL power rankings look like this. The Firebirds move down two spots to number 16. Colts move up one to number 15. Guelph goes down two to number 14. Kingston up two to number 13. Erie down one to number 12. Owen Sound up two to number 11. Mississauga does not move. They're number 10. Oshawa moves down one. They're number nine. Ottawa moves up one. They're number eight. And nobody else moves. Brantford seven. North Bay six. Kitchener's five. Sudbury's four. Saginaw's three. London's two. Sault Ste. Marie's one. Here we go, Wardy. Who's your number five? Last week I had the tie. This week it's a solo. Brantford's five. Six zero and one, right? Their last time or is their streak? Yeah, lost in overtime to Saginaw. Six zero and one. Like they have the that that's the best active streak right now in the OHL. So that's I think it's generous to give them the five spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it's this one was tough. I have a. I have close to a tie and I might make them a tie last minute because I think they've redeemed themselves to be in the conversation. I've, I think Kitchener and Sudbury are tied for fifth nice. for me this week. I think Kitchener rebounded nicely, tough three, nothing loss to Sue, but yeah. I also think Sudbury, that's a game that I think you have to hit on against Mississauga. Um, yep. and, and they were unable to, so I'm, I'm going with, with Kitchener and Sudbury tied at number five. Nice. Yeah. And honestly, from four to six, it could be very close. Yeah. Uh, six for me would be Kitchener four for me is the Sudbury Wolves. I, to me, Sudbury is the best team in the Eastern conference. Um, watching them, their goal scoring, they can score at will. Uh, I just think Sudbury is the best team in the East. And I think at the end of the day, they will be the top team in the Eastern conference when it's all said and done. Um, it's just if they can get there or not, but yeah. one point back game in hand, I think Sudbury four. Yeah. For, for me, Brantford's four. And like you said, it's the best streak right now in the Ontario hockey league. They're, they're playing very well to, yep. you know, I think it's easy to say they were heavily dominated by the Saginaw spirit, but still oh. came out with a point. So I think that's, that's something that was really impressive and they took three out of four in Michigan. So um, it'll be interesting because they get Saginaw again to start this week on Friday at the Civic Center. So, uh, but this week they're they're the number four team for me. Yeah, Jory and Donovan return to Civic. Yep. Yeah, that'll be that'll be pretty cool. People yeah. people will be pumped for that in the building. 
Yeah, they'll do a World Junior tribute for him as well because he hasn't yeah. been back since. He hasn't played since. Or he played once. I think he had but, one. Yeah, I think he had one. I think it was on the road. I think that was a game in Oshawa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. So, I, yeah, he probably will. will yeah, maybe, I, I can't he remember. Gets, he might get something, but, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, number three, Colin. Does it for change? Me, <laughs> no, it's the exact same. It's the same read. Greyhounds are the three spot. I don't know how they're number one. I Sue is a great team. And like we said, anyone that's listened to this show since day one of the regular season, I have said the Sioux Greyhounds, when I watch them live, are a really good hockey team. They are a dangerous team. But they are not the best team in the Ontario Hockey League. They're a great team. They are a cup contender. They could win. But right now, if we're going out the best teams in the league, after watching what Saginaw did on the weekend, they're in the two. And why? I mean, it speaks for themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. they went 30 games without getting a point, like, maybe once. Like, that's the best team in the league. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Sue, three. Saginaw, two. London, one. And And the thing that got me this week was – the seven and it's more the seven six, like North Bay should have beaten Sarnia. Yeah, they should have. Like to me, a loss like that, and we've seen that this year, has I don't know if dumps the right word, but has made you fall in the standings or in the yep. power rankings. And yeah, this I don't know how. So, I agree. to me, I that's. That that was interesting, to say the least. Yep, I agree. I agree. And last week I had some harsh words to say. Um, not gonna say this week. I think that's why I got sick last week. Um, but I'm not gonna say it this week. But everyone that listened to last week's show knows what I think about the power rankings last week and this week. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But all right. Well, that pretty well puts a bow on it. We had a good we, drive, uh, I Yeah, I think mine was mine was good. I got a I got a lesson in traffic safety as well uh, <laughs> this past week. So <laughs> even if I am doing close to 130 and a 110, I should not be in the left lane if there is no traffic in the middle or right lane. As apparently it is illegal and the left lane is only for passing. So found that out. And uh, yeah, there you go. That's all I have to say on the topic. <laughs> I was proven wrong, so there we go. Uh, everybody, drivers possibly. Yeah, I try to. <laughs> that that's it for this week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it as always. And again, it's it's stretch time. We're getting to that that time in the calendar year, and oh, holy crap, Colin, this is the final episode of of February. Right on March, spring training is in full effect. So big fan of big fan of that baseball season's back. But uh, exciting time in the OHL right now as we head towards the playoffs. Everyone enjoy the week, enjoy the weekend, and we will chat again in six days.